0: Welcome, everybody, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ. I'm Will Hunsaker, and today we will embark on Season 4 of Open Your Bibles with Paul's letter to the emerging churches in Ephesus. Now, as with all episodes from Open Your Bibles, this is an introductory one, and our goal is not to exhaustively study any particular biblical document. Instead, our intention is to provide short, concise primers, if you will, as an introduction to biblical teaching from a Reformed perspective, hoping to encourage you to dive deeper into God's Word and find peace and rest in Christ. Now, scholars are still determining when Paul wrote his letter titled Ephesians. However, several remarks in this letter, the internal evidence, suggest it was written during his first imprisonment in Rome, roughly around 60 to 64 AD. And for this reason, Ephesians is one of four letters from Paul categorized as a prison epistle. Now, unlike other letters from Paul, such as those sent to the churches in Galatia and Corinth, which address specific problems and challenges of their respective churches, Ephesians is directed more in a general sense of Christian doctrine and practical living. Even though Paul does not specifically identify why he wrote this letter, what developed from Paul's thought are a beautiful and genuinely profound epistle, meant to circulate among the churches in Ephesus and elsewhere all up through today. So the author self-identifies in the first verse as Paul. That's an easy one. We we know Paul as Jewish born from the city of Tarsus and of the tribe of Benjamin. He was highly educated. He was a, a Roman citizen, formerly known as Saul. That's an interesting aspect in, in Acts and dramatically converted to a follower of Christ by the risen Jesus himself, somewhere around A.D. 33, we believe. Now, Jesus commissioned him as the primary apostle to the Gentiles. The Gentiles, again, are all those who are not Jewish. Now, for the next 35 years after that commissioning, Paul tirelessly, planted churches throughout Europe and Asia, and today is recognized by most biblical scholars as the author of close to 30% of the New Testament. So what is Ephesians about? Well, simply put, Ephesians about the grace of God. The first half, chapters 1 through 3, are about Christian principles or, or Christian doctrine, namely what God has done. And, and Paul identifies some specific, he, specifics. He talks about God's election. Uh, he talks about the unification of the Gentiles in Christ. And he talks about the giving of our faith in Christ. These are the things God has done. Not uh, the, the only things God has done, but he's specifically talking about these to the Ephesians. Now, in addition... Embedded within these first three chapters of doctrine are several verses where God tells us why he has done what has been done. That's that's very critical to our foundation of this letter. The second half, chapters four through six, are about Christian living in light of what God has done, not Christian living for um, the purpose of salvation or maintaining your salvation, but in gratitude and in light for what God has already done. It's a very critical perspective here, as Paul writes, and he specifically talks about a few things. He characterizes Christian living in general. He talks about encouraging others, uh, resting in Christ, being content in Christ, and standing firm in our faith to the very end. Again, not an exhaustive portrayal of Christian living, but a a very good general uh, overview. Now, as I said, Ephesians is about uh, the grace of God. But the context of what that means will be critical to reading Paul's letter. It may not be exactly what you might think. So here's some food for thought. And this is in the uh, context of a, a contemporary view. If I were to ask you about your thoughts on God, such as, is God obligated to provide you with a happy and and prosperous life? Well, that question might be answered in Ephesians. Or can you do whatever you want with your life or your body? That's a common question today. That also may have a perspective found in Ephesians. How about is God's purpose to forgive sin? Or do you have a right to fellowship with God? Challenging questions. Do you have a right to salvation? Do you have rights at all? Again, critical component of this letter. If you do have rights, can they be taken away? Can God take your rights away? Again, very, very critical components of this letter. And how you answer these questions may affect your thoughts on what the grace of God actually is. And consequently, Paul's letter to the Ephesians may be pretty enlightening to you. Now, I will end this brief introduction with Paul's opening two verses to the Ephesians. This is from the Apostle Paul. He says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's people in Ephesus. Are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. That's the introductory verses, Ephesians 1, verses 1 and 2. They may seem pretty plain vanilla, that uh, it's something Paul typically uses in introductions, which is true. They're very similar. But I would like to point out, a, uh, make a couple points here to, to note the foundation of Paul's letter. He emphasizes here he is a messenger of Jesus Christ, and he emphasizes that great responsibility by saying that he was chosen as an apostle, someone that would actually go out and speak for Christ. It's a great responsibility. He's emphasizing that with the title of apostle, little a, apostle, not big A apostle. He wasn't one of the 12. The other point here that that Paul makes is that he was not commissioned as an apostle of Jesus Christ by his own resolve or because of some skill he had or uh, his own determination. He was commissioned by the will of God. This is a critical context for us in our faith today. Paul often admitted in his letters that that he was the greatest of sinners and really had no right to speak for God. Yet he did speak because God's will deemed it so. Grace here now takes a very, very specific path. In addition, Paul gives a standard greeting that he gives in many of his letters. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. This was actually a standard Jewish greeting greeting and salutation. They they would uh, use the term shalom. But I would like you to note the order of this greeting because Paul uses it in a little different way. He says, God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you. It's a very specific illustration of his grace. God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you now it is common for paul to emphasize that god gives us what we could never gain on our own grace of peace in that order grace and peace why because no one can achieve peace with god unless god first provides his grace this will be the foundation of paul's letter the grace of god and what that grace is And I would encourage you to be very careful to identify, and and we'll speak to these things as we go through this letter, of what God's grace actually is. And simply put, when we know the grace of God, then peace is never far away. I hope you join us for this brief study from a 30,000 foot point of view of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And I pray that the Holy Spirit provides you with joy and understanding of his word. Thank you for listening. And next up on Open Your Bibles, we will turn to Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 6, as Paul explains the grace of God found in the Father's purpose. Grace and peace be with you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean anything different today than it did back then.